This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, front and center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. This is Merrick Brave with the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, and you are listening to Top Rope Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What is up, Top Rope Nation? It's episode 184 of Top Rope Nation. Back here with the fellas, the lads. They're all here. It's Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com, joined by Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. The trio has been completed. Justin, what's going on? Not much, man. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that our good listeners out there who you know, follow us every week and we're... Uh, informed of some really disturbing news on one of our prior episodes just i want them to know that it, we're not sitting idly by and just letting those that awful news we heard just happen uh every time i eat chicken i send a picture of it to kyle ross just so you all know okay i'm i'm, I'm trying to make things happen uh kyle have you had any chicken lately oh i haven't <laughs> I had a couple wonderful beef tacos for dinner tonight. Uh, had pork chops for dinner the other night. Um, and really a lot of un- a lot of unhealthy stuff in between. Do you, do you eat turkey at Thanksgiving? No. Who? What? Which character do you hate more, the Red Rooster or the Gobbledygooker? Ooh. They both, both sucked bird-based characters. Yeah, they both did suck pretty bad. I remember that my aunt um, at the time uh, bought me a Coco Beware t-shirt when we went to a house show, like 88. Never wore it. <laughs> True story. Not putting on Frankie. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, pure, pure madness. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, since you two are last on, I've done two shows. I did uh, a solo show on Monday reviewing the AEW Full Gear pay-per-view. And then Tuesday night after the the video game news dropped about the upcoming three AEW video games, I was joined by our friend Adrian F.E., a.k.a. Okadrian from Twitch and GameStop TV. 
had a lot of fun on that show. If you're listening right now, check it out in the archives, or even better yet, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Top Rope Nation. I'm actually really proud of that show. It turned out really good. Um, I know you guys aren't big-time gamers, so um, I invited adrian on and it was a good time about an hour discussion on on wrestling video games and what AEW needs to do with this one and, and how it can change the industry so uh one of the things i wanted to do since we haven't really talked on air about it is just kind of briefly get your thoughts on the AEW full gear pay-per-view I mean, we've been texting about it uh, but I, I think i told the listeners on the review show that i, I would get your takes when i had you back both back on so let me go throw it to Justin first. Justin, what did you make of what you saw the pay-per-view? Uh, any thoughts that you wanted to share? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I agree with almost everything you said on, on the pod, on the solo pod that you did. Uh, there was definitely some filler in there, but, but some really good matches. And it was definitely one of those instances where I, I think all the winners were pretty predictable, mm-hmm. but all the right people won too. Yeah, agreed. Kyle, what about you? Uh, at worst, it was the second best pay-per-view of the year. At worst, yeah? Yeah, any company. It was, it's either between that or Revolution. I've kind of put some thought to it. I've not, you know, and probably won't in the next couple of weeks, watch Revolution again. But, I mean, those are the two, man. Those are the best two shows of the year. Uh, three matches. I would have given, like, four stars to. Uh, I know we're going to talk about... One of those in particular on this show again, we're going to have a discussion on that. Uh, I agree with Justin and yourself that I think all the right people went over. Um, it was just a really tremendous show. Um, you know, that they, some of the build was shaky uh, for a little bit, but as the event drew near, the build got better and better. And, you know, you look at it and, you know, when you're about to watch, you're like, this is a really good card. And, you know, I liked almost everything on the show, quite frankly. I mean, uh, the Elite Deletion probably went too long, but that's really my only criticism, I think. Yeah. The the, the two big things for me were, I, I was actually pretty shocked that uh, Young Bucks and FTR was not the main event with the way, you know, AEW have, have kind of talked about how they're, they want to really lift up the their tag team division. And outside of a bad build, this was kind of a dream match for a, for a few years for a lot of fans. And considering the amount of time it got and, you know, the stipulation involved and I, you know, I, I know a lot of people are into, you know, Eddie Kingston, but I thought that tag team match had a much more main event feel to it than Moxley and Kingston. And then I, I suppose my other thing is that that tag match got a lot of praise in Omega and uh, Paige got a lot of praise. And I don't know if I'm just a little crazy, but I think my favorite match on the card was Cody Rhodes and Darby. I I, I thought that they did the best job. Yeah, I, I think you had a trio of matches that were all in that discussion, which is one of the reasons why it was such a, a really good pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to have three matches that of that high quality on one show is, is pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. It really is. I, you know... We were talking about this in our text thread. To me, the biggest difference when I watch AEW versus WWE is when I watch AEW, I'm looking at these performers and there's this sense, and this is how wrestling should be, of autonomy and individuality in their performance. When I watch WWE, it's, for the most part, it's just like a bunch of kids doing what they're told to do in a high school play. Yeah. 
And um, and that's the thing. I, I just think, you know, with Cody and Darby, which Justin just mentioned, that match was wrestled exactly how it should be wrestled. Like, based on the build, Cody not taking Darby that seriously, Darby taking the match incredibly seriously, knowing that it was like his only shot to get a major title. Um, it, it's little stuff like that that really sucks me in as a viewer, um, or in the case of WWE, leaves me disconnected. Yeah, because they don't do that stuff. And the other, the other thing that you know, a big difference from kind of going off your point is how radically different the opening match was to Cody and Darby, just in the style that was worked. Like yeah. Omega Page worked like a, a New Japan match. Yes, almost every match on the card was worked differently, and, and which is good. Like WWE, it's just. Uh, you, you just feel like everyone kind of works the same and they just let the main eventers do mo- a little more. Mm. Um, th- this just felt like, you know, kind of, a, you know, sort of like a 1994 WCW pay-per-view, which who knows, maybe they're going for that, but like where you've just got <laughs> a lot of different styles uh, being shared, people with their different ideas, what they want to do. And it worked. It was an absolutely uh, flawless pay-per-view for people who think, I grade too hard on some of these shows. Ryan, I know you always have the grading gimmick. I give it an A. Absolutely. Wow. And you know, I don't give those out very often. No. That and Revolution are probably the only two A shows that I would give in 2020. I gave it a B plus on the pod, but I, I talked about how it was pretty close to an A show for me. I would have maybe cut one or two matches and then, it, I mean, it would have knocked out of the park. I thought there was... I would have just cut 30, like cut time off some of the matches. I yeah, think. I that's don't, true. Everything deserved to be there, I think. Um, you know, I think, you know, again, three hours and 40 minutes, which is how long I think the show was, uh, not including the buy-in. Eh, you're, you're getting into a bit of danger. Hey, I got to watch it in two parts after the time, and uh, it was it was a great time. I mean, for me, I thought Elite Deletion could have been on a dynamite. I think that the the cinematic stuff with Matt Hardy's kind of played out. This is what I said on the pod. Uh, it just doesn't have the uniqueness that it used to, I don't think. And so, and especially since that was so long, I felt like that was an area that they maybe could have cut. Uh, but I mean, overall, like it wasn't, I talked about how it wasn't so long, uh, like All Out, which we really ragged on that pay-per-view on our mm-hmm. post-show. This was so much better. It, it was a great show. It really was. And uh, you know, sometimes we talk about on the show how you know, having having matches be predictable and the outcome is not always a bad thing. It means you're doing logical booking. And on uh, our comicbook.com preview, I think of all the big matches, I predicted the winners, and I don't think they were that hard to predict. I'm not Ooh. trying to pat myself on the back too much. Uh, but usually <laughs> Justin Joint predicts. <laughs> usually Justin Joint gets all the yeah. predictions right. But I thought it was kind of a predictable show, but it's not really... That's not always a bad thing. So we're going to be talking a lot of AEW tonight. Go ahead, yeah. Kyle. Well, it's not necessarily about the results. Sometimes it's about the journey. Yeah. And that's what AEW does very well. Yes, yeah, sometimes they'll get you to that predictable result, but the journey's fun. You know, again, I know we're going to get into, you know, some of the stuff on Dynamite. I, you know, what I like about the last few weeks watching AEW is I'm sitting there and I'm trying to guess where they're going, but it feels like there's multiple fun directions. And that makes me think of when sometimes we preview these WWE pay-per-views and we're like lamenting like both options. We're like, well, they could do this, but that would suck. And they're like, oh, well, they could do this. Well, that would suck too. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So we got a lot of AEW discussion coming tonight. It's going to be a very AEW heavy show. Before we get to that, though, I do want to get a couple of plugs out of the way. Uh, so if you're watching us on YouTube right now, maybe for the first time, maybe you're tuning in again and you've been around before, um, please hit that subscribe button. Click like on this video. It'd help us out a lot. Leave a comment. What do you like about the show? What do you like about our past podcast here on YouTube? Um, if you're watching us live, though, that would mean that you are a member of the Top Rope Nation Patreon page. So each and every week, our show streams live exclusively to Patreon. We post the video the next day or sometimes two days later. So if you want to get the show early and get the live feed, it's exclusive to Patreon. Go on over to patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. You get the live feed every week. You get our show notes. And then you also get bonus shows, which I definitely wanted to plug tonight. So if you look on the screen, if you're here on YouTube right now, you are seeing down at the bottom corner a plug for the upcoming edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. This is our Patreon exclusive show. The only way to Justin is to your left. Kyle, you got it right. It's our the only way to hear that show is on patreon.com. And next week we are going to be reviewing <laughs> trying to distract me on the feed right now. Now I can actually see you guys as we're doing this. Uh next week we're going to be reviewing Survivor Series 1990 ton of fun 30 years ago of course the debut of the undertaker as we're hearing about on television it's going to be a really fun podcast i'll i'll post a preview to our usual podcast feed but again the only way to hear it is to become a member over at patreon.com slash top rope nation you can find the link in the podcast description on your cell phone on the website or in the description of the video right here on youtube and here's something special we're doing for patreon supporters at the end of the month if you're watching on the feed right now you're about to see this this very nice top rope nation snapback hat stitched i only got a few of these i've got an extra one so what i'm gonna do <laughs> he stitched them himself folks. yeah <laughs> actually these took over two months to come in the mail after i ordered them so they were a long time coming oh, but they're super nice no wonder you've been so busy my yeah. god <laughs> I am going to raffle off one of these to one of our Patreon supporters. So if you sign up to become a patron by the end of the end of the month, you're going to be in on that raffle and you could win it. I mean, this is about a $30 value. I'm going to be sending it to one of our Patreon supporters. So sign up, have a chance to win that, get our bonus content, all the upcoming editions of Top Rope Nation Classics, like the Survivor Series 90 show, but all of them in the archives as well. We've done a ton of these, uh, tons of these. We've done Super Brawl 2. We've done the first Nitro. We've done past Summer Slams. We've done old Raws. All of them we have a lot of fun on. Our most recent one was Saturday night's main event, November 1986. Best way to support the show, keep this thing growing, and have us continue to you know, improve our capabilities here with these live streams and take it a little bit further. We'd Gladly appreciate your support, and uh, we're looking forward to that show next week, fellas. And uh, yeah. also, got to mention, we are members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. Check out bluewirepods.com for all your podcasting needs. And if you are listening on a podcasting service, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, especially a written review goes a long way. Leave your Twitter or Instagram username in the review. I'll get a hold of you. I'll send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail just for leaving your two cents on the show. So uh, do that. Help us out. We'd greatly appreciate it. And now, fellas, let's get to some AEW discussion. So as I look at the agenda tonight, uh, let's talk about a couple of items from Dynamite this week. So Tony Khan was very much... <laughs> 
amping up the hype for this show. If you saw his oh, Twitter, oh, don't feed. be that guy. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. I know some people were saying, "Oh, he went too far and he didn't deliver anything," but he was he was hyping up the fact that uh, the company had big things ahead that it was going to shake shake up the industry. And uh, after the show, he said that there are multiple things and they're going to be coming out um, in the weeks ahead. So the big item that we got, the big reveal, happened during a Cody Rhodes segment. And he is Cody Rhodes. Again, he can now use the Rhodes name, by the way. Um, he came out and he was kind of talking about what his direction is going to be after losing to, to Darby. And then he was interrupted. Kyle, what are you pointing at? <laughs> oh, is that not going to show up his, on the podcast? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's slightly behind your uh, your name tag that I have on the video feed, so I can't oh, quite read it okay. all. I see it says oh. it's Cody something. It uh, says that Cody Jade promo made me horny. <laughs> yeah, so he was interrupted <laughs> by uh, Jade. Is it Cargill? Yes. I'm saying it right? Yeah. And she comes out and... <laughs> She really, she talked about how Cody had woken up a beast and she insulted him sexually throughout, throughout the segment. And in the end, basically, she said the sleeping giant that Cody awoke was someone else that goes by one name, Shaq. So apparently Shaquille O'Neal is coming to AEW. We know he's been at their shows in the past. We Everyone knows Shaq's a big wrestling fan if you followed wrestling for a long time. Go back to mid-90s WCW. He was attending shows. Um, he's been at WWE shows over the years. And of course, with AEW having the TNT connection, this makes a lot of sense with the NBA. Um, so, Kyle, what, what did you make of this? What, what, what is your opinion on Shaq coming to AEW? What is my opinion on Shaq coming to AEW? Uh, look, I know what they're going for. They want eyeballs on the product. Um, I think you mentioned the natural tie-in because the NBA has TNT and the NBA is TNT's number one property. Um, I know that there are some people during the NBA playoffs like, what the heck, man? Get this basketball game off, you know, for eight. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> basketball still the number one. NBA is their number one property, but they love TNT. Or, I mean, they love AEW. Pardon me. Um, you know, they wouldn't be, be having matches all that kind of blood if they, they didn't love them. Uh, I'm all for it. Obviously, I think it's going to be problematic getting a good match out of Shaq, but that's not the point. We've talked about that in the past. Um, when you bring a celebrity and the point is not to have a quote unquote good technical match. The point is to get eyeballs on the product. And if it does, uh, then it's a success. If it doesn't, I don't really think it's going to hurt. Uh, believe it or not. Cody is probably one of the people I would trust most to do a celebrity match in an intelligent manner in the business. This guy has really demonstrated some smarts to me. Um, and yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't really see how anyone can have a problem with this. It's obviously going to bring a lot of new eyeballs to AEW. Uh, Justin, generally, what do you think about celebrity involvement in pro wrestling? And what do you think about this instance here? Most of the time I'm not for it. Um, I'm not that target audience though. Uh, if done properly and if the most importantly, if the celeb is, you know, actually involved or, you know, wants to be there, that generally helps a lot. Like, uh, Stephen Amell, uh, his appearances were normally pretty good. Uh, but yeah, mostly I, and who did he work with? That's right. Cody Rhodes. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Um, it'll be interesting though. Uh, 
you know, like, like Kyle said, it's not about having the good match there. It's about the eyeballs. I mean, that was Hulk Hogan's way for like 20 years. You don't need to have good matches. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I mean, Cody can get on inside the NBA. You know, I mean, all they do is screw anyone who's watched that. They just screw around on the late night portion of the program. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So, I mean, they can do it. I mean, that would be, that'd be really good stuff. That'd be a coup if they could do it. Um, you know, and it's a it's something for Cody to do other than challenge for a title or maybe like beat an up and comer when he shouldn't be beating an up and comer. Um it'll be interesting. I don't know. I, I and by the way, I saw Jade took some grief for the promo. I did not mind the promo. First of all, the whiff of sexual tension in that promo was something else. I thought, did anyone else pick up on that? I thought she was gonna say don't you remember when we had an affair or something? I thought they were going in that direction. That That is really where I thought. I mean, there was a lot. I was getting hot, man. I walked downstairs and told Cammy, I'm like, yeah, the pro wrestling's got me hot again, honey. I got to say, if if, if that I, promo I, I made quick, you horny. I was quickly. If, if that re- promo made. Go ahead. If, if that promo, if that promo made you horny, you've got it worse than Ben Shapiro's wife. That's all I know. Oh, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> By the way, I read the fine print last Tuesday. He gets deported, Ben Shapiro. Yes. I'm all for that. <laughs> okay, he gets deported, Ben Shapiro. What a freaking dipshit he is. Anyway, let's back to the, let's go back to the athletes. You know, I go to honey, I'm like, honey, the pro wrestling's got me hot again. Hey, I was rebuffed, but you know, it made me relate to <laughs> made me relate to QT Marshall more in the next match. So, you know, I was all in. Mrs. Um, Ross didn't put out that fire. No, she did. She said, What? Oh man. I, I um, now, you know, Brandy doing her ode to Jerry Springer. I don't know how I felt about that, but, um, really, I thought Brandy was awesome on that segment. Oh, really? See, that, that's, what's funny. I've seen a lot of people have that where they liked Brandy's part, but not Jade's. I thought it's funny because, you know, we're so conditioned to the WWE way of doing things over the last 20 years that I think if someone doesn't just cut like the standard style promo. We think something's wrong with it. I I thought it was actually like, it kind of worked for what they were going for, like bringing in an outsider. And it's like, who the hell is this person? Like, I thought it just worked. And Mm -hmm. by the way, Cody is the master of having like three different angles in one segment. And it not be like confusing. Like if it was like Vince Russo doing it, you know, I mean, he, he set up a long-term program with Shaq. Um, something with MJ, he called out MJF and said he wants to get his revenge on him. And then the tag match for next week. I thought it was a good, really good. Start. I really liked dynamite last night. I don't know how much uh, of the particulars we'll get into. It felt like a pay-per-view for the folks that weren't on the pay-per-view. Yes, I would agree with that. I think, uh, I just I'm always so refreshed watching AEW because it's so different from WWE. And, you know, for my job at comic book, I have to watch a lot of WWE. So I always just really look forward to watching the AEW shows. <laughs> and, uh, I Yeah, I enjoyed it, too. I mean, you get you get Penta and Phoenix in the main event, which was was a really fun match. Um, I mean, they had good wrestling throughout. I watched it on tape. I did. I'm not gonna lie. I fast forward through some of the matches that I wasn't super f- fond of watching but they, i mean i recognize they were decent matches good matchups for the people that weren't on the show like you said uh and the show had a lot of high points too so um yeah i liked it justin did you have a chance to watch aw last night or any of it at all yeah i i was kind of like you fast forward to some of the matches i didn't care about but yeah i watched uh the majority of it i 
I liked it. I thought it was a pretty solid show. Yeah. I mean, kind of just echoing what you guys say. It's just so refreshing and different from WWE. You know what's so interesting to me when I, again, comparing these two promotions, AEW and WWE, is when AEW started, everyone was like, oh, this will be the work rate promotion. Oh, they're just going to outwork WWE and they're going to have all these high-end matches and it's going to be so much better in that regard. To me, do you know where AEW really kicks WWE's ass? is the non-wrestling segments during the TV show. Like, you guys can attest to this because I texted you. So I was, you know, I binge-watched AEW, watched the last few weeks and then I of, of TV, and then I watched before the pay-per-view. And, you know, first of all, the don't know what you got till it's gone video is one of the finest things so ever good. on wrestling television. Mm-hmm. And wow. it's stuff like Just that. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, the matches are always good, but like the hype bits they do, and I know that there's this argument, all oh, that loses viewers always and stuff, but they do such a good job with that. And then I throw on SmackDown from two weeks ago, <laughs> and this fucking Lars Sullivan promo. Dude, I me, turned man. it off after two lines. When he's like, what's the matter, Corey? You don't want to call me the freak? Totally unprop. Like, who would say that? <laughs> Unless if you were told to say that by a scriptwriter. Like that is like ironically the big difference for me. Yeah. Is, I, is AEW's non-wrestling segments are so much better than WWE's. I don't know, you know, the only way I get through watching SmackDown every week and covering it for comic book is that as I watch it, I've got our Slack chat open with all the staff. And my buddies over there, like Matt and Nick and Evan, we're just joking about the show the whole time. And during that Lars Sullivan promo that you're talking about with the breathing and stuff, Matt chimed in on the chat and he was like, Lars Sullivan sounds like my PS4. <laughs> if you guys have a PS4, they're really like the fan is super loud sometimes. Like I could not stop laughing when he said that. It was so, so cringeworthy. It was so bad. Yeah. So yeah, AEW is just, it's very refreshing to watch. I agree with you. Outside of the ring, it really shines. It doesn't seem as hokey as WWE sometimes. Like WWE, the thing you're talking about with uh, the Jade and Cody segment, WWE absolutely would have made that a romantic a fair angle. You know they would. <laughs> like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and I just love, oh, and the other key thing too that you notice is and whatever, maybe it's just because they have one main show instead of two every week, but like when Dynamite was over, they're plugging next week's show and they've already got like almost a complete card and you're like looking forward to next week. Yeah. They do such a better job in that regard. Um, now, you know, they, they've got like almost a full lineup and it's logical stuff that can go in different directions. I mean, they, they've almost got a full two hours already set up, right? Next week, they've got the Vegas bit, which again, you know, that that could be amusing. We shall see. Um, they got the tag match is announced with uh, Cody and Darby against Team Taz. I love Team Taz, by the mm-hmm. way. And uh, the Bucks against Top Flight. Yeah, That leap, I don't know if you guys watch Dark. Not too often. Okay, Top yeah. Flight really impressed me. I can't remember which guy was. There was this leapfrog. I'll send you the, the clip. That was unbelievable. I mean, I got pretty high hopes for that match next week. Yeah. Hey, what? Hope, hopefully uh, Jericho's flight doesn't get delayed, and he'll send out a tweet about how he's. this has never happened before in the history yeah, of the world. That was, that can't was... believe this flight has been delayed. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad, Chris. Jericho's been real bad lately on, uh, on social. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Football is back in full swing. 
You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tool to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Also, you know, looking at what they have ahead, what do you guys take or what do you make of the fact that this Kenny Omega, John Moxley match is happening? What is it? December 4th? The first the first show in December. September 2nd. December 2nd. So I was pretty shocked by that. I, I guess I just assumed and I think I even said this on the pay-per-view review show. I just assumed that that match was going to happen at Revolution. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you didn't want to wait that long to do it. Um, what do you guys think about, you know, giving that away on free pay-per-view, Justin? Or free TV, I, not pay-per-view. Yeah. I like it a lot. Like when when a match is designed or when it's because somebody won the right to be in that match, I don't know how you drag that match out, you know, until February. That's a long time. If it's built, if the match is built by a storyline, you can do that. Uh, and I like it. And, and, you know, I don't know what their business model is, but I would think their TV is a lot more important than their pay-per-views. So why not have it on regular TV? I love it. I think it's fantastic. I completely agree with everything Justin just said. Number one, it's really hard to stretch a program out three months in modern wrestling. It really is, especially because they've already headlined a pay-per-view, remember? They right? They went on last at full gear last year, correct? Not Cody and Jericho? Right. Yeah. Okay. Kenny was talking about how this would be their first straight-up singles match on Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. That fit his character well, that promo. That was one of the subtly best Kenny Omega promos he has ever cut because it's just playing into his new character, like dismissing what kind of match it was. Oh, well, I, I lost, but I don't count that. That's not my style of match. And it was unsanctioned. It, yeah, that was an awesome little touch that he did. Um, Justin mentioned something else about the business model. I agree. You know, that's something we, the three of us collectively have talked about with this WWE television again, you know, going that route that you've got to make your, if TV is so important, 
and is the lifeblood of your company, you got to make it important. You got to have these big matches on TV. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. And I think logistically, I'd like to hear you guys' response to this. Moxley has to probably lose the title to go when he goes to work uh, Wrestle Kingdom because he's still the U.S. champ for New Japan. Mm-hmm. And I bet, I, I'm, this is my pick, I could be wrong, and I reserve the right to change this uh, pick, by the way, between now and December 2nd. I think he's going to lose the title, and he's going to go quarantine, and he's going to work Wrestle Kingdom and probably drop the U.S. title. They don't want him losing on that show as the AEW champion. Yeah, and Omega I, probably should win the sense. title anyway. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think Kenny is on fire right now. I I know people complained about Omega throughout AEW's early days doing the tag team thing, just not not feeling like such a big deal. I always thought he was put on great matches still, but you know, as a single right now, and how they redid his entrance and the way his character is, I think he's on fire right now, and I think this is definitely the time. I think Moxley still is doing really well too but like with what you mentioned with the new japan involvement and everything it makes sense and if the time is definitely right to put it on kenny so i don't i don't have a problem with him doing it then because i agree with justin i was going to kind of echo that that's a long you're talking about got like a three and a half month wait i mean that's longer than the rumble to wrestlemania and rumble to wrestlemania is like what a little over two months two usually yeah. two and a half i mean it's, it's like another full month so Not even two and a half yeah it is basically two because rumbles at the end of january yeah, yeah so th- it would be a long long time to drag it out and who knows if you know they sustain the momentum with either character that long so i think you strike while the iron's hot i think it'll pop rating i think it's the right thing to do so yeah i don't have any problem with it yeah and you, you know you get to a point where maybe everyone's just expecting Omega to win. And do you really want to stretch something out for three months when everyone maybe thinks they know the result? Right. So, you know, you, you could do a rematch, you know, you could do the quote unquote rubber match between the, the two of them at, at revolution. Who knows? So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I think it's a really cool bit. You know, that's what nitro did when they, you know, they were the new kid on the block on television. They put world title matches on TV. You know, yeah. I remember the second that we did a, the first Nitro in Top Rope Nation Classics. The second Nitro, the main event was Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger. That was an unheard of TV match on one week build at the time. Totally changed the industry. Yeah, I'm not saying this is that, but it's a good idea. Yeah. So I got one more. Well, yeah, one more AEW topic that we're going to hit on. And then we'll get to the mailbag. There's an AEW question in the mailbag that we're going to discuss. But uh, the other thing I wanted to make sure to mention, and if you're watching on YouTube, I got this in the thumbnail, so you're aware we're going to talk about this. Uh, Cody turned some heads uh, today because there was an interview that came out with him on the AEW Unrestricted podcast, you know, the official AEW podcast. And Cody's talking about chair shots, chair shots to the head and how he wanted to get chair shots to the head back for the boys. And I was just shocked that he talked about this because this happened at Fighter Fest like over a year ago, 2019 or Sean yeah. Spears, uh, one of the first shows the company ever did where Sean Spears came out and clocked Cody in the head with the chair, as you'll recall. And Cody needed like 12 staples to his head to close the wound. He bled everywhere. Basically, what happened is um, the bar on the chair opened him up. And in the interview, he talks about how they gimmicked the chair and how they like sanded it down. So like the seat of the chair they got hit with was thinner, almost like a cookie sheet he talks about. But even so, um, you know, let me just preface this by saying I'm a big fan of Cody Rhodes. We gave him a lot of credit earlier, but this just shocked the hell out of me. I don't know what he's talking about. So 
he talks about how after the spot backstage, John Moxley and Tony Khan were ripping apart Spears for hitting him with the chair that way, even though I guess Cody told him to hit him like from the side, how he did it. And then, then Cody says, quote, here was my objective. And I want people to understand this wrestling is violent. If we're going to be held to the same standard as TV and film, which some people like to do because we have a comparable reach. Then, if Captain America could be swinging his shield around and hitting people in the head with it, no one's crying headshots. Um, <laughs> so, guys, in Hollywood, I mean, it's not really Captain America, and he's really not hitting anybody in the head, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm no Captain America expert, so I can't speak to that. But yeah, my guess is they're not doing hard way, uh, you know, uh, in the Marvel gimmick. Look, Cody's a big boy. If he wants to take a chair shot like that every once in a while, it's his prerogative. He's a freaking EVP. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, he could do it for sure. It's just, yeah, it was like we, an odd we, thing we to know bring up, the, right? Yeah. We, yeah. Okay. And I want to get to that too. Look, as far as unprotected chair shots go, we all know the science. It's a really bad idea to do it on a regular basis. And we know starting in the late 90s through the early aughts, it got way too out of hand. I mean, there are some chair shots you go back and watch that are just insane. Uh, God, we, for some reason, I don't know why I rewatched this. Oh, it was for the Undertaker draft. There, there's a Undertaker-Kurt Angle match that I watched on SmackDown. And like Brock Lesnar comes in and just freaking kills the Undertaker with his chair shot <laughs> in 2003. Mm-hmm. And th- there was just way too much of that. But, you know, like every once in a while, whatever. I, you know, when I saw this story hit the timeline, I was like, what What are we doing here? That was kind of like, why are we bringing this up? I, I, w- I was kind of shocked that Cody was so honest about it. Yeah. And, you know, the silly thing about it all and may- bringing this up is, <laughs> let's go back to this spot itself. It, it was done to get over Sean Spears. <laughs> Sean Spears? <laughs> Longtime listeners of this show know your opinion on Sean Spears. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's it's yeah. So yeah, it, it's such an odd hill to die on. I mean, I guess he, I, I did not listen to the podcast. If he was asked a question directly about chair shots, whatever, he gave his opinion. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to crucify the guy. I mean, like I said, he's a big boy. If he wants to take one, it's his prerogative. Nobody should ever do what McFoley was doing in the late nineties, the end of his career. No one should do that again. It should never get that far. One chair shot ain't going to kill you. It's not good for you. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, They should not overdo it. They shouldn't do it a lot, but whatever. I don't know. I I just think it's so silly. It's one of these still get mad, you know, for anyone to get mad about. We're talking about a spot that was designed to get over Sean Spears. Okay. I mean, I don't care how hard he hit him or what he hit him with or where he hit him. It's Sean Spears. So he mentioned the 90s stuff in the quote. So he went on to say, no one's blaming this modern generation for whatever the hell they did with Mick, Rock, and Shamrock. He says, that's not our fault. I wanted to take chair shots to the head back for the boys. I wanted to do it, but safely. Okay. Uh, That's funny. You brought that up. Okay. Do you guys remember that chair shot? Did we talk about that on a Top Rope Nation Classic too? Because maybe they showed it. And if the Rock and Shamrock... When Shamrock's on his knees on a raw, he's like, come on, fucking hit me. To the rock. Mm-hmm. And the rock just cracks him. Yeah. I think it was on the build of WrestleMania 14. 
But yeah, I mean, it's it. Look, it's Cody's prerogative, but it, it, it if we if we see it a lot, because I mean, have they done another chair shot like that? So in Tony, the, the promotion, Tony Khan said in the media scrum afterwards, there was a lot of at fighter fest in 2019 there was a lot of criticism and he said yeah, I remember that and he said we're never going to do chair shots to the head again and so then cody quoted him saying that in this interview on the podcast this week and then he said uh my attempt to get chair shots to the head back for the boys but safely was a failed attempt maybe it never should have been attempted it was a big lesson for me would i do it again of course so <laughs> <laughs> there it is <laughs> wait what i thought the there was a chair shot with sammy guevara and uh, Matt Hardy. Yeah, yes, that's right. That, that was, was that was, and, and that that got criticism too. You're right. Yeah. Well, that didn't was, actually hit him. I mean, it was gimmick. No, well, that was completely not designed. Like Sammy just whizzed the chair at him pretty recklessly. Okay. Yeah, right. and and that did. I mean, that was not a design spot where I, I think Matt was like, "Oh yeah, just freaking just whiz the chair at me as hard as possible." I think it was an errant whiz. Oh, I thought you were talking about the ending to the uh, the pay per view match, which. They switched camera angles right when he swung yeah. the chair, and that was gimmick. But yeah, yeah, you're right. No, no it, this was, I think, the one Justin talked about was a, a dynamite. It was like a brawl yeah. they had mm-hmm. to set up uh, that match. Yeah, right. and, and Matt, remember Matt got like busted wide open. Yeah, yeah. So, what I mean, I what know, it, I, just, it seems to me like, you know, like you said, like I, I don't think there's any place for the unprotected chair shots, but like it, put your hand up, let your hand take the majority of it. Uh, to save your head, and it's like that makes sense, you know, kayfabe too. Like yeah. if somebody's swinging a chair at you, you put your hand up, right? And, <laughs> and that's a great point. Bring it on, baby. Here we go. It, it got to the point, like in the early aughts, where yeah, that's what guys were doing. They were just like leaning in to take it. They were like, oh, just I can't. Like I want to take this as unprotected as possible. That's just dumb. Yeah. Anyways, I thought it was worth talking about. So, yeah. um, we're gonna maybe clo- we should have Jerry Briscoe. Remember Jerry Briscoe's chair shot at Survivor Series '98, the opposite end of the spectrum, <laughs> where like Austin was pissed. He like hardly touched him. Should we try to get Jerry Briscoe on this podcast? I could maybe make it happen. Yeah, oh, I, I got okay. a connection there. I could, I could try. Maybe I'll reach out to Jerry. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're going to close with uh, a mailbag segment. We haven't done this in a while. So I mentioned at the top of the show, one way to get the free Top Rope Nation sticker is to uh, leave us a five-star written review on Apple. But another way you can do it is send a question for the show to topropenation at gmail.com. And if we read your question on air, I'll send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. So get them in. Uh, we got we got a backlog to get through, so I got a few of them here and a, a few people that are going to be getting some stickers. And um, Kyle, I think uh, I think you have the questions in front of you. We have three or four questions to talk about tonight on a, on a range of topics. Uh, so do you want to read the first one? That's from I believe California. What do we got it is here? From California. So uh, this question is from Dave M in Reseda, California. <laughs> Do you guys think Bucks FTR? Wait a second. Do you guys think, this is a gimmick one. Uh, in case you couldn't tell. Uh, do you guys think Bucks FTR is one of the 10 best US tags of all time? Justin, what do you think? I'll let you go first. You know what? I want to be critical of the match, and it's only because of how I think some of the love for it has gotten a little overblown. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun match. I also think a lot of the stuff they did was unearned. It it felt like it 
greatest hits album that, you know, it just wasn't earned. It was a little insincere. It felt like some, a lot of the stuff they did should have been for like the second or third match in a trilogy. Like I'd mentioned before, I thought the buildup was lackluster and I don't know. It, it was really good. And if I sat down and wrote out what I thought were the best tag team matches, the top 10 North America, it's, it's possible it would be on there, but I, I doubt it. Uh, I would say no. I, I don't think it would make my top 10. Maybe top 20. Uh, you know, like the big discussion going on this week was that it was the best tag team match in, did Dave say North American history was in the conversation? U.S. Um, or U.S. Know. history. I mean, yeah. So, I'm not sure thing, what the best. I'm not sure what the best stampede t- tag is offhand. Yeah. Um, you know, I know if you're going North America, you, you know, you're all you're all now you're invoking, you know, Eddie and Art Bar against uh, Octagon and Elio Del Santo and stuff like that. So my th- my thing was though that, and I put this out on Twitter. Uh, I I don't think it's the best tag match that's been in AEW this no. year, let alone. I agree with you let alone ever. Um, I I thought the Revolution match, maybe I'm biased because I was there, but <laughs> I think the Revolution match with Kenny and Hangman against the Bucks was a was a better match by a considerable margin. And like Justin, I like this match a lot too. I thought the tribute stuff was cool, but I think that's a great point by Justin. It did kind of feel like they were just trying to get in stuff at times and unearned, as you as you put it. Uh, so I... <laughs> I love Dave Meltzer. I'm a big fan, a subscriber for almost 20 years, but I did not agree with that take that it was arguably the best U.S. match ever. I didn't think it was even the best match this year. Kyle? I was not in Chicago for the Revolution tag. I prefer the Revolution tag. Uh, some of it is built. You know, I saw, uh, who was I think it was Gary Cassidy. He's like, you know, I think some of the problem is, you know, these matches get built up so much and they just can't live up to the hype. Well, if memory serves me correct, and, you know, as you guys know, I've, I've been known to kill a few brain cells on a nightly basis, so <laughs> you can remind me. Um, that Omega Page versus Young Bucks match was pretty built up and was pretty damn anticipated going to Revolution, right? I mean, the anticipation for that was really high, yeah. and they absolutely met the expectations. To me, I, I thought the build for this was lackluster. Now, they did seemingly course correct the last couple weeks. Uh, I don't know what the Bucks were going for when they were super kicking all the announcers, I think maybe they were looking at the pro wrestling landscape a little bit and like how baby faces sometimes are booked to be too inept and they, they just kind of wanted to do their own thing, but whatever it's water on the bridge. I thought this was a four star match. Okay. That's a great match. The fact that like, well, you didn't love it more. Like the fact that like, I don't, I just feel that like I, We've gone insane sometimes with these rings, and maybe who knows? I'll watch it again in six months. I'll be like, oh, you know what? I was too harsh on it. But um, I want to talk about this greatest hits analogy and, and kind of go from there with more music stuff that Justin said because it, he's on to something. Yeah, I, for I the record, I, I screwed that up. What I meant to say was that it's like arguing a band's greatest hits album is their best album. Is how I meant to put that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to take it a different way anyway, and that that makes sense too. But like, is FTR kind of like a cover band in the sense that they are ready to play something? Like, hey, everybody, here's our REM song. 
Like, you know, and it's like, it makes it like, I just, when I watch FTR and I like FTR, I don't think they're a superstar tag team. I want to be very, like the Young Bucks are a much better option to be the AEW tag team champion than FTR. They just are. They're bigger stars. I think they're a better tag team. So are you saying they've always, they felt like they're cosplaying like Arn and Tully or something? Yeah, I mean, it's not always, it's not like totally slavish, but it's like, look, we know they like the Midnight Express. We know they like Arn and Tully, but they're not as good as those teams. And for the record, I didn't think this match, Bucks and FTR, was as good as DIY in the revival. Agreed. In NXT, I thought those matches were better. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I feel like we should not be shitting on a match that I thought was great. It was an absolutely great match. They built, they had some great near falls. Um, But yeah, I I, I don't think it was one of the top 10 best. I don't know if it was better than Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express at Wrestle War 90, quite frankly. Yeah. Which, and the difference between the Bucks. I want to actually stick with that, if, if if I may, for a second. The Bucks, when I watch them, sorry, I've been drinking beer and I I just belched there. Hopefully, you can work with the. <laughs> I didn't even hear it, man. Oh, gonna, okay. Work with work with your that. little buttons during the production there, right? I guess there. I apologize <laughs> I like for that. Three windows that I have up. on my screen right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bucks, like when I watch them, okay, they did like Hardy spots stuff, but like I'm not like, oh, they want to be Rock and Roll Express. They want to be Hardy so bad. But like I don't get that from the Bucks. With FTR, it's just like when I watch them, I'm just like, yeah, they just so badly want to be, um, you know, Tarnali or the Midnights, and that's cool. It's a cool thing to aspire to. Uh, you know, I think the whole bringing old school heel tag team wrestling back is cool. Um, but I just think that the Revolution tag was just much more of a modern tag match. Yeah. Like, and I, and I don't think I don't think they were like. It didn't, you know, we we compared that to some of the great all Japan tags. If you go back in time and listen to that, and that didn't feel like slavish. It felt like a modern twist on the all Japan tag matches, not something that was trying to be something from the past. Mm-hmm. Whereas FTR just tries to be something from the past, which is cool. It's their gimmick, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I four stars. It's a great match, um, but to your guys' point. I don't know if it was the best match on the, of the night. I don't, and I certainly don't think it was the best AEW tag of the year. Well, great set. match, though. Four stars, and I shouldn't have to defend that. I, I think you, you'd, I've beaten the star rating thing to death. I think if people, I would love to have a party at the end of the year where we all go back and watch all these matches that got four and a half stars or higher. I'd, I'd like to see how many people will be like, eh, maybe that wasn't that good the second time around. Because <laughs> people get so into the near falls and who's going to win. That, you know, to me, the the beauty of a great match is when you watch it the second time. And to be fair, I have not watched that a second time. So we shall see. Ask me again in six months. It did have me thinking, you know, thinking about greatest tag team matches ever. What would be considered the greatest WWF or WWE tag team match of all time? Not including NXT. Probably one Uh, of the TLCs. Uh, well, does that okay. a, a, let me, straight let me, a straight tag? Let's say, okay. Yeah, straight tag. Straight tag. Um, uh, Austin and Triple H gets redacted in Jericho. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's probably the most famous, kind of along with, uh, was it Ben Juan Angle versus Edge and Mysterio? No Mercy, yeah. That's mm-hmm. real good. I really like that. I'll, outside of those two, I was, I was having a real hard time coming up with a, a real gem. Of a tag team match. I mean, five man tag, tag team promotion. Five man tag, Canadian Stampede, not a traditional tag, but yeah. still tag match. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. that, that's like, you know, if, if we went outside of two on two, you got shield versus Wyatt. Yeah. Yep. Good question. You, you know yeah, what's no. a match that is not talked about at all? Like, this was a match that I would never have thought to watch, but I saw a bunch of, like, people who I have reviewers I really like talk about it. Uh, this was to, it was Cody and Dustin against Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins from Battleground 2013. That's up there. Yeah, that's a good match. Uh, it, by the way, what a fascinating match to go back and, back and watch in retrospect. Yeah. Where those guys kidding. are now. Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes against Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Imagine that, like, in 2020. <laughs> I haven't that seen was, that one probably since then. That might be yeah, worth that, a watch. That was the infamous tonight. program where they built it up, where Cody had to take some time off TV because he got married to Brandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dusty cut some great promos, and uh, Stephanie McMahon got very mad at him for cutting her off. If you remember that rumor and innuendo that he remember he put there was the promo where he put his hand in Stephanie's face because like Stephanie you know how she always tries to interject herself in and he just cut off oh was she mad at least that's what the rumor was <laughs> I always like to pretend that's really true yeah uh, <laughs> I hope she I hope she was half as mad as like all the people reported she was <laughs> all right let's get to this next question um oh I believe this is a again. legit one Kyle this is the one from Tommy you want to read it yes okay right. Tommy in Palo Alto uh you know I don't know if he's you know Exchanges Christmas cards a day or what, but uh, um, home of Stanford. I wonder if he's a Stanford grad. We have the smart people that listen to this show. But uh, he wants to know, what are your favorite Survivor Series elimination matches? For me, this is difficult because I'm not going to lie. Like As a kid, I wasn't a huge fan of them. Um, But now going back, the, the one that stands out to me that I watched a lot as a kid was uh, Survivor Series 93 with the Hart family against Shawn Michaels and the Knights. And the changed match was originally supposed to be Lawler. Um, and, you know, it springboarded the the Brett Owen feud. I really liked that one a lot. And the other one that comes to mind just has a, a really good match with a ton of great workers in it. And I remember, in fact, at the time, Adrian, who was on the show with me the other night, I remember him sending me a message back on AOL the night of the show, telling me, oh, my God, you got to see this match. This is almost 20 years ago now. That's how long I've known that guy. Uh, was the Alliance versus uh, WWF match at Survivor Series 01. Uh, that was a, a great match with a ton of Hall of Famers in it. Uh, what about for you, Justin? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that 2001 match. Uh, I really liked the one where Sting debuted. I thought that was pretty good. Maybe a little long, but uh, 2014. Really yeah, um, and boy, just you know, the little boy in me just really loves when it, you know when when it was kind of new and it kind of hadn't been you know worn down and kind of meaningless. So I really like those early Survivor Series matches, even when they're really not all that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, when match quality wasn't everything. Like uh, the Dream Team versus the Million Dollar Team, Undertaker's debut, which we will be talking about uh, here very soon. Oh, I like that match. It, mm-hmm. th- there's it, there's important stuff going on, and the Undertaker almost killed Coco Beware. So I mean, what? <laughs> yes, um, I will save my thoughts on the uh, evolution of uh, elimination matches for that Top Rope Nation Classic, because as you know, um, I could go very long. On that, so, and we have a question at hand. So 
uh, there's just lots to unpack there. So you guys mentioned two of the four that I would bring up. The Team WWE versus Team Alliance from 2001. I can't put that in the top spot because the stench of that angle. Having a having the Rock versus Steve Austin blow off a WWF versus WCW feud is bad, and I and the Rock and Steve Austin are maybe two are maybe you know not maybe to me they're two of the three greatest professional wrestlers of all time in WWE as biggest stars I should say two of the three yeah. biggest stars mm. in the history of the company uh, that just don't seem right. Uh, the Justin referenced Sting's debut that was 2014 that was um, the Authority against Team Cena. Uh, that was a very good babyface performance by Dolph Ziggler. See, I'm objective. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this. Uh, I give Dolph Ziggler a lot of shit, but he, he go. was very good. Uh, he was very good in coming back. In uh, he was, you know, he was the lone babyface left against three heels. That's a spot that usually gets a lot of heat. Sting comes out at the end, makes his debut, helps him win the match. Now you talk about one babyface left against three heels. Okay. And you talk these elimination matches, you got to point to 2003. Shawn Michaels, with one of his finest performances, I thought of his comeback, uh, Team Austin and Team Bischoff. When it, it's, mm. it's Michaels just blades all over God's creation uh, in that it, it comes down to him against Orton, Jericho, and Christian, I want to say. Shawn and Michaels and God's creation. That, I see that's what you the did Batista there. running? Yes. Yes, Batista runs in and Orton wins the match and, and Steve Austin has to leave. Okay. That That is really good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they renege on, uh, on Austin leaving. He, he's back in like a couple weeks. But then again, when the authority loses, they reneged on that. and he, They were back in a couple weeks. Um, so that's real good. But you know what my pick for number one is? I think we talked about this last year because I, I sent you a list, Ryan, of Survivor Series matches. My favorite elimination match ever. This will surprise you because I'm as big a critic of the modern WWE as anybody. The Raw versus SmackDown from 2016. There were so many storylines interwoven into that. That was the first year they did this now very tired Raw versus SmackDown brand supremacy gimmick. So it felt a little fresh, but that is one of the few 50-plus minute matches that does not feel 50-plus minutes. Hmm. 2016? 2016. If you were to force me to name the sides. Was Was Nakamura in that one? I don't think he was at least. It comes down to uh, Orton and Wyatt for SmackDown. What a tag team they were. Oh, that was a, they blew that by breaking them up so quickly. Uh, And then Reigns and Rollins were left on the Raw side. I'm trying to think who else was in that match. Braun Strowman was in that match for sure. AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton, and Shane McMahon with ringside. James Ellsworth (laughs) defeated Team Raw, Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. That's right. The the Jericho and Owens team was there. I'm telling you, give that a try. That that is a really good elimination match where they wove a lot of stories into it. There was a lot of interplay. Um, You know, that gimmick is very tired now, but um, the Raw versus SmackDown. But they, they did it well that time, so... Those are the four that I would name. Nice. I, I do like the old school ones too, and I, I will say this: we'll talk about it more when we do the Top Rope Nation Classic. It felt like the captains like would go, you know, this is I guess I'm a kid, like would go into their respective babyface and heel locker rooms and try to recruit people. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like there was a reason they were teaming, not that the imaginary gym class teacher of WWE was, uh, <laughs> you know, just assigning them. 
Yeah. Well, we'll be talking a lot more about Survivor Series next week when we record the Patreon-exclusive show, as I talked about at the top of the broadcast, and as you're seeing on the screen once again on Survivor Series 90. Ton of fun. Sign up for Patreon. You'll get to hear it and all the Top Rope Nation classics we have done in the past. Yes, Kyle? I have one more question. This was sent into the special Kyle mailbag. I have no idea why I get some I of see these this questions. this on the agenda. Sometimes, you know, and not you guys. I mean, Ryan, I know you've... Well, where can people send their questions into, by the way? TopRopeNation at gmail.com. Okay, I have no idea why I only got this one. Very, very odd. But this one comes from uh, Big Don in D.C. Did I lose the election? God. Oh, boy. Yes, you did, you fat, stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm not even going to edit it because anyone that's been watching this podcast sees the T-shirt you're wearing. And Kyle's very happy about the election results. Yes, he'll be on his way out. Oh, what are you? you, you, I try to remain objective on air. Oh, what are you? What are you? What are you you, in your basement screaming? Law and order. <laughs> Ryan, uh, Ryan's, Ryan's, Ryan's checking the Dominion machines in Michigan or whatever that manure was I saw. Oh, yeah. January 20th. It'll be a new day in the United States. It's it a will. new day. Yes, it is. It will. <laughs> Guys, I'm, it, st- I'm still waiting for Kyle Ross's shotgun video. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Shotgun, man. I didn't know why. I don't know why I didn't do that. Oh, you know why? That was the. Was that the day I recorded with Liam? Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, Kyle, plug that real quick before we go off the air tonight. Plug it. So our friend of the show, Liam O'Rourke, who, who in my opinion, is the finest author to come out of the UK since William Shakespeare himself, uh, (laughs) was kind enough to have me back on his podcast, Squared Circle Gazette. Uh, As some of our listeners may know, he and I tackled the year 1990, a very random year to tackle in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, when we were done with that, we enjoyed it so much. We said, you know what, let's, let's do 1991. Let's keep going. Um, it took a while for us to record part one, uh, mainly because when we were doing our notes, we were, (laughs) I have not felt that overwhelmed since lost my failed attempt at doing law school. Quite frankly, the number (laughs) of things that happened in the, and this was just supposed to be for fun, but we're texting each other like, my God, how many things happened? In this? It's like, I want to talk about this tag team battle royal, but we've got to do like two hours on freaking Sergeant's atrocity known as Sergeant Slaughter. Uh. It, I, I ain't bullshitting you, man. If Twitter and the internet was around like it is today in 1991, I, I don't even know what it would have been like because that, that is the most crazy batshit year in the history of the promotion. Uh, in part one, we heavily focus on uh, the very ill-conceived Sergeant Slaughter world title push. We talk about all the negative press it got in the papers. I was overjoyed that an article I remembered uh, from the Pl- Cleveland Plain Dealer, the local paper here in my town, uh, was reprinted in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. I remember wow. my dad handing me the Plain Dealer. like, hey, man, they're really ripping on WWF in this paper. And I was, I told that, so I'm like, there's no way I'd ever be able to find that article. Lo and behold, Meltz reprinted it. So we talk about that. We talk about realistically what they should have done instead. Uh, we talk about WrestleMania 7. We praise Warrior Savage quite a bit. All the fun stuff that went on in the undercard. Uh, just uh, if, if you want to hear a lot of discussion about the first three months of the ni- uh, WWF in 1991, there is only one place to go, and that is Squared Circle Gazette Radio. 
Check it out. The 1990 series they did was great. Uh, when Justin and I were listening to it, we were texting with Kyle nonstop. Obviously, we're all big fans of Liam. Liam's been a great supporter of Top Rope Nation. We love his book on Brian Pillman. And uh, if you if you need a ringing endorsement for Top Rope Nation on Patreon, Liam is a supporter. So uh, he, he loves the show. If It's Liam O'Rourke endorsed. Check out the Patreon page. Check out Squared Circle Gazette Radio. This is going to be a lot of fun. When I listen to those two guys talk wrestling, I think I know a lot about pro wrestling. But when I hear Liam and Kyle talk, I feel very inadequate. <laughs> these guys know everything and you will learn so much listening to these these two fellas talk pro wrestling i'm i'm probably gonna turn this on tomorrow when i'm working so uh, i am very much looking forward to it and if you can only i can only hope there's there's something as good on this 91 edition as kyle ross talking about his love of power and glory in the 1990 (laughs) that's right well and guess what you're in luck Guess what I'm going to get to talk about on Top Rope Nation Classic. Oh, yeah. There we go. Because <laughs> oh, guess who's featured probably Power and Glory. There um, yeah. if you, I, I will warn our listeners, if you're one of these proud to be an American types, uh, it, <laughs> keep in mind what was going on when we recorded. Okay, I know. <laughs> my, open, my opening monologue in the uh, first five minutes of that episode <laughs> I started saying things to Liam as, uh, why didn't you guys win the Revolutionary War? Um, you know, why? <laughs> oh, <laughs> things boy. of that nature. I started saying maybe Benedict Arnold was right, not Paul Revere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, you're one of a kind, man. It's been great having you back on the podcast. Know? Yes. <laughs> Good talking with both of you. You know, three podcasts this week. We've been putting out a lot of content for you all this week. And, you know, honestly, later this month, we might it might go not dark, but it'll be a little bit less content because we have a holiday coming up with Thanksgiving. So, you know, if you if you're not getting as much from us at the end of the month for like a week or so, uh, know that we did three shows this week. So we're trying to provide yes. you the, the the good content out there. And uh, yeah, Justin. Yeah. Oh, I'm just throwing up the three symbol. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'll say this, Ryan. What you have done this week, the most Herculean effort in America uh, since Bud Selig followed Barry Bonds around in 2002. (laughs) 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 Remember that? I mean, like if you're like a longtime baseball fan, when Bud Selig Selig was flying around waiting for Bonds to set the record and referred to him flying around watching a man try to hit home runs as, quote, a Herculean effort. <laughs> well, you know, the hardest one was doing the solo show. I wanted to get out a pay-per-view review. That was the toughest one. The other two shows, Cakewalk. Adrian was an awesome co-host. Can't wait to get him back on the show. And I know coming on with you two, it's going gonna, it's gonna to roll. As far as notes, we need very minimal notes. When, we get, when us three get on the line and we start talking wrestling, it's always a lot of fun. So I was looking forward to talking to you both this tonight and uh, reconvening the trio. And I think it was a lot of fun. So thanks Death for triangle. Joining. Yes. <laughs> Find Kyle on Twitter at TRP Kyle. Justin is at Justin Joint. I am at Ryan Drosty, D-R-O-S-T-E. You can find the show at Top Rope Nation. We're on every podcasting platform. And of course, as I said at the top of the show, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's YouTube.com slash Top Rope Nation. Get the video feeds of the show there. Check out the Patreon page, as I said earlier. And lastly, the discussion group over on Facebook. Search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Join the group. Join in on the discussion each and every day. Posts going up with almost 250 people talking wrestling. All of them and us three as well. 
So we'll be back next week with that Top Rope Nation Classics that we talked about over Survivor Series 90. Until then, hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Take care. Take care.